Hey, you guys, welcome back to the podcast. Been away for a few weeks from posting regular episodes because we just finished. Well, I finished is a strong word. I feel like we're still in the process of unpacking and settling and all of that, but we did finally move. And you will hear all the details of our move, how it went, what it's like to be pregnant while moving. This is also not my first rodeo with that um, in an upcoming episode, but I'm excited to get back into regularly updating you guys with how this pregnancy is going now that we are getting back like somewhat to a more normal, typical routine. Um, So in this episode in particular, we're going to be talking about week 18 and week 19. So those last couple of weeks in the first half of this pregnancy. So let's just let's just jump right in. So let's talk about week 18. First off, I wrote on I keep like a a notes, like a note in my phone for each week so I can like jot down symptoms as they're happening or as I think of them. And the first thing I wrote under week 18 was I'm 18 weeks, had no idea. <laughs> so I must have thought I was like 17 weeks. Um, this pregnancy, and I've, I, if I have said this before, I apologize for being a broken record, but this pregnancy is like the first pregnancy where I really am not thinking about it. Like I really, I'm, I'm just not thinking about it very much. Um, if I look back to like my very first pregnancy, there was just so much time and energy and space really to dream about becoming a mom and dream about this. Well, I knew I was having a baby girl, the baby girl that we were going to be having and what life was going to look like and what she was going to look like and, you know, what she was going to be like when she got bigger and older and, you know, all of those wonderful things that when you have three, you just don't really have the mental space for it. Like every day is pretty nonstop. Um, I feel like this is my first pregnancy where I don't really, at least at this point, you know, um, don't really get a whole lot of rest, which I know you're supposed to be resting when you're pregnant. Um, and I take every opportunity that I can, but it's just a demanding phase of life. Um, our kids are really little. Hayden is, she's our oldest, that little sweet baby girl I was just talking about. Um, She is just about five. She'll be turning five very soon, but she's still four. Hadley's two, Bo is one. They're very close in age. It's like bing, bang, boom. Um, And it's just like, I was, I was actually thinking about the other day. I was thinking about um, kind of, you know, balancing my work schedule. And um, I am very, when I'm at my best, I'm very, what's the word? kind of ruthless with my work schedule. Like I try and be as efficient and as quick as I possibly can. This was a change that I really focused on um, after actually Bo was born and I had three kids and I just felt completely disorganized. Like two to three for me was just a huge, I think two kids to three kids, in my opinion, and it's different. It's different for everybody. I think it also really depends on the ages of your kids as you add to the family and you grow your family. Um, but for me, like two, like one was one, two was two, three was 30. <laughs> like the level of chaos between two to three to me is 
night and day. It's baffling. And even to this day, like if, if someone's down for a nap and it's just two kids or, um, a lot of times Hadley, who's our middle child, she is like a, she's a sleepy head. She sleeps in probably three or maybe at least three times a week. She sleeps in like past breakfast. Like we all eat breakfast and she's still asleep. Um, and then she obviously eats when she comes down, but like me and Matt will say even now, like just two of them, it's, there's something so different about two. So, um, it's just way more calm. I don't know what, what it is about just one more, but anyway, so I was just, I was thinking about, um, you know, like my work schedule and with moving and being so busy, uh, work really got put on the back burner for a couple weeks. And I, that's when I start to get really stressed out and on edge is when I can't get, um, like just like my basic work schedule complete. Uh, I just start to feel really behind the ball and, um, I just hate that feeling. And I was thinking about, you know, trying to give myself a little bit of grace and, and, and this is not just true for me. This is true for basically any mom. (laughs) I was like, I have to remember that I am working all the time, like literally all the time, whether it's mom and parenting work, which is super demanding, or it's my job work, which is actually, I mean, it's also demanding, but, um, in a lot of ways, I feel like it's easier. Like I am, I'm literally always working. Like the only time that I have that I'm not working is super duper early in the morning before my kids wake up. Um, which these days is a very small window because everybody's just getting up so early, even though it's dark, I don't understand. Um, and then at night when everyone's in bed and some nights I'm even like on a work call during that time. So like, it's just very nonstop. And I'm not, I'm not saying this to complain. It's just, it just is what it is. And, um, it was actually like a, a good realization for me, I guess, because it was a, you know, I I was kind of like, I'm not getting any, like, I'm not getting my work done. Like, what am I doing? And then I was like, okay, but you're also always doing something. Like, it's not like you're sitting around with your feet up. I mean, which would actually probably be good while I'm pregnant, but like just sitting back, what is it? Eating bonbons, whatever that saying is like far from that. Um, so a little word of encouragement to all my other moms out there, especially working moms, especially moms who work for themselves and have to make their own schedule and defend their own schedule and make time for that. Um, you know, I just want to say that you are doing a great job and you're probably doing so much more than you even like realize. And, you know, it's not easy, but, but we can do hard things. Right. So anyway, so that was just kind of a, that ended up being like a rabbit hole, um, off of like, not even real, like really thinking about being pregnant. Cause I'm just so busy. Um, but that's, that's, that's starting, that's starting to change a little bit, but anyway, so 18 weeks had no idea. <laughs> um, okay. Another thing, week 18, I had rib pain, rib pain out the wazoo. So if you have been following me, if you've been a listener of the podcast, especially previous seasons, especially the first season, you know that I'm no stranger to rib pain. I had it so bad in my first pregnancy. It was horrible. It was, it was really painful. Um, and I, it was very consistent through a lot of the pregnancy. It wasn't until like the end where she finally dropped that I got relief. Um, and I actually thought I was convinced <laughs> looking back, I'm like, I kind of laugh at myself. 
but it actually was not me who put this idea in my head. It was actually a doctor. But um, because I had so much pain on my right side, and it's common to have pain on your right side, like rib pain, abdominal pain, um, related to pregnancy, um, because your liver is on that side. And your liver, out of all your organs, is like a pretty solid mass. Everything else is pretty squishy. It can kind of like squeeze out of the way. It's pretty malleable. But your liver is not. So it's it's more common to feel discomfort on that right side because your liver is just, you know, pressing up into your ribs. Your ribs are expanding. There's just a lot happening on that right side versus the left. Um, but I had a lot of rib pain in that pregnancy. And I remember asking my, it was actually like my regular, I can't remember the exact thing. I don't remember exactly how this went, but I remember talking to my regular doctor and I thought I had, it wasn't my OB. I thought I had like a cyst or something on my right side. And I remember going in and just I kind of wanted to get it checked out because I felt this thing that I didn't have on the other side. And I was having all this pain and she felt it and she was like, oh, yep, that's that definitely feels like a cyst. Like, unfortunately, you know, while you're pregnant, there's nothing you can do about it because, you know, you can't have that removed or anything. Um, but after, you know, you have the baby, you could get that addressed. And I did actually end up after Hayden was born, like months later, I went, I had an MRI done. I went to a plastic surgeon <laughs> and after having the MRI and even like the lady in the MRI, she was feeling it. She's like, Oh yeah, I feel what you're talking about and had it done. And the plastic surgeon like, you know, brought me in to give me the results and was like, that's just your rib <laughs> turns out. So I'm not really, sh- I'm not really sure. I don't know if it's just like malformed or what, but, um, so that was that whole story. So then oddly enough, I didn't have, I feel like I had like no rib pain with Hadley's pregnancy. I don't remember having a ton. I remember having it with Bo, but it wasn't a ton. Like, nothing like my first. But so this week, 18, week 18, it got really bad. And I was like, oh, here we go. Is this going to be the same thing all over again? So in true Becca fashion, fashion, I was like, how can I, like, learn my way out of this? How how can I do some research and get to, like, figure out what the actual problem is now that I know it's not a cyst? Um, other than just knowing that my liver's over there. Is there something else that's causing this pain? Because it was really uncomfortable. And um, now I don't know. I don't know how like concrete this is, but I did do like a deep dive on rib pain and your muscles in pregnancy. And I kept um, coming across like the psoas muscle, um, which you've, if you've never heard of it, it's a muscle that spans like down across your abdominals like down to your groin I'm almost positive um but it goes like across the front of your body on both sides I think (laughs) and um it's spelled p-s-o-a-s and I know that I've had at least in the past I've had struggled with like a tight psoas and I only know that because at one point in my life I got a massage and it was one of like the best massages I've ever had in my life. There's like, you know, sometimes you, not that I get a ton of massages, but like, you know, I have, I've dealt with back pain on and off like forever. So, um, you know, sometimes you get a massage and it's just like a nice relaxing rub down. It's like, okay, that felt really nice. Feel a little loose after. And then there's massages where you get like a really knowledgeable massage therapist that, 
can like find spots on your body that are tight that are causing pain in like other areas that you would have never even known like they understand all the connections and they and they literally find those spots that are causing the pain in other areas those are like the best massages so I once had a massage where um the therapist was actually pressing like on my on my stomach like on my abdomen on like the side right side of my abdomen and and I'm not like a talker during massages I just like to be quiet but when he was doing it I was like wow like that feels so intense like I've like it very like deep tissue type pain and it like caught me by surprise and I was like whoa like what is happening (laughs) and he was like that's like I'm releasing your psoas and I was like I've never even heard of a psoas So, and I felt incredible after that massage. So it's always kind of been in the back of my mind, like, oh, maybe I have a tight psoas or this is something that, you know, comes and goes for me. So, um, so then I started looking into psoas pain and, or I'm sorry, like, yeah, like psoas pain and tight psoas. And, um, I saw like this from what I was looking at online, like a link between, having like, um, this was interesting, like a short, tight psoas uh, muscle and keeping the baby high, like not allowing the baby to descend maybe as quickly or as on time as it would with like with a, a happier psoas, if that makes sense. And I was kind of wondering, like, is this why I always go so late? Like that? I don't know. Maybe because my babies never seem to want to come out. Like I am always either forcing them out or like narrowly missing an induction. So I don't know. Anyway, so I always go late and I was like, maybe that, this actually kind of checks out. Maybe this makes sense. So I ended up basically doing tons of like uh, hip flexor stretches. I also know that I have tight hip hip flexors. This is something that I know about myself Um, and I could be way better at working on that, but I'm not. Um, so I was doing a lot of hip flexor stretches. I would just look up spinning babies had some really good, I think, I think that's where I found the stretches I was doing spinning babies. Um, and, uh, that's an excellent, excellent website, excellent resource. And let me just tell you, especially to any like new mom that is listening, who's never gone into labor before. If I can give you one thing that is the, like the best way, the closest thing that you can get to practicing for real contractions it is stretching muscles that are really tight. So when I was breathing through, and for me, it's it's always my hips. Like hip stretching, stretching my hips is so intense for me. It's a very intense sensation. And it like, um, it actually makes me feel like when I'm in the middle of stretching my hips, like say I'm doing like a, like a pigeon pose or like a um, pigeon pose is a big one. So let's just use that as, as an example. When I'm actually in it, I start feeling like a little bit panicky and a little bit anxious because it's very intense. Now, if you have like super loose hips, that's probably not going to be a thing for you. Um, But that to me is like the closest you can get to a real contraction because real true labor contractions, it's literally a pulling on your muscles. Like your, your uterus is pulling and like your, all those muscles are pulling up to try and open up your cervix. So every contraction feels like a pulling, stretching motion that gets gradually more intense. So when I was stretching 
like especially that week when I was really focused on it every time I was in these really intense ones I was like this feels like breathing it through a contraction that's really what it feels like um the only major difference is it like a contraction will like start really small and it gradually gets stronger and stronger and stronger until it peaks and then it goes down 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 but when you're just like in a position stretching it just kind of feels like constant that feeling so that would be my advice to you is focus on stretching and also in a addition in addition to that um this is kind of like a double whammy uh, I did these in my last pregnancy. I plan to do it again, but there are these like certain spinning baby stretches um, that you can do. If you look up spinning baby stretches, it'll probably come up. It's like their daily stretching routine and it's like a, a video that you watch and I'm pretty sure you, you have to purchase it. I think it's like $15 or at least it was when I bought it uh, a year or so ago. Um, and that is really good to, you know, prep all of your muscles and get baby in good position and all of that. It's like something that you're supposed to practice every day, which I'm going to start doing here soon. Um, but it's like two for one. So practice those stretches. And when you're in those positions, especially the ones that feel really like strong and intense, because if you're really tight, practice like reaching full calmness and just like re- completely relaxing into it and breathing. Cause that is going to be like, in my opinion, having gone through three unmedicated births, that's the closest you're going to get to a real contraction, um, and practicing being able to relax through it. Okay. So that was the whole hip flexor thing I wanted to talk about. Um, I have a random craving <laughs> or actually I'll get to that in a second. Cause I have something else that was related. I did go to the chiropractor this week. Um, and I had an adjustment and the rib pain was, it felt, it was still like, going strong when I went in there and I actually brought it up to my, um, chiropractor who usually is really good insight, but he just kind of told me what I already knew, which was, well, you know, your, your liver's over there and it's a lot more crammed and it's totally normal to have, you know, pain over there. And it's just kind of like one of those things that you have to just live with. Um, but I do feel like it in hindsight because it, it got much better. So anyway, I had this, I had this, uh, adjustment. It immediately felt better. Like it wasn't as bad, uh, like immediately after getting adjusted. And then within like the next day or two, it was gone. And it really hasn't come back honestly. Um, since then a little bit here and there, but I do feel like it was more muscle related. Um, like some of my muscles were just kind of like spazzing out or something because, if it were just it being crammed over there with my liver, then I don't think it would have really stopped. So uh, maybe it'll come back. I don't know. Um, so a couple little things for week 18. So I wrote craving rice pudding. I love rice pudding. I feel like some people, most people hate rice pudding. Still haven't had it. It still sounds good to me. Uh, <laughs> but I weirdly love rice pudding. And actually, so does Matt. Uh, when I found that out, I was like, we are soulmates. <laughs> I need to make some rice pudding anyway. So that was a random craving that I wrote down. Still no call from the birth center. Uh, If you guys remember, I learned about a new birth center. I I did not know it was there. Some like kind of in our area, it would definitely be a little bit of a drive. Um, Called them and they didn't say no, but I was expecting to hear back. uh, I'm pretty sure it was at week 18 and either week 17 or week 18, I was waiting to, oh no, week 18. This is when I was anticipating a callback because they said they would call me within the next week with an answer. Um, but no call, got no call from them. 
Um, still going strong with the Peloton workouts. Um, I love their prenatal ones. They're only like 20, sometimes 30 minutes. And I was kind of getting into a groove of exercising, which was nice. Um, and I also had a dream that the baby was a girl, which is fun. Usually I feel like my dreams are correct, but I feel like last time I had a dream, like I remember with Hayden's pregnancy, I had a dream. It was a girl. I didn't never, I never dreamt that it was a boy and she ended up being a girl. That's the only one I can really remember vividly, probably because I had no kids yet and I, <laughs> my memory was better. Um... But I feel like in my last in my last pregnancy, I feel like I had a vivid dream. It was both a girl and then a vivid dream that it was a boy. So and then obviously Bo ended up being a boy. So who knows? But I did note that that I had that dream. Um, okay, so then moving on to week nineteen, um, starting finally to feel some baby movements. Um, I've me- uh, mentioned previously um, in a previous episode that. My placenta is in the front this time, which is the first time I've ever had that. Usually it's in the back, which doesn't cause any problems. It's just you can't feel the baby move as much because you have this whole organ kind of in between you and the baby. And when the baby is not, you know, huge, it's hard to feel them because they might be kicking the placenta and then that doesn't translate to us, me feeling it on my like belly. Um... And I I just was not a fan. I was not a fan. I prefer to feel the baby as soon as possible because once you can feel the baby move daily, it's just, it's just such a good feeling. Like you just know that they're in there and they're squirming around and they're growing and they're healthy. When you can't feel a thing, it's, it's like literal radio silence and you go in between appointments. Like for four weeks, you're like, mm, hopefully everything's fine because... I wouldn't know otherwise. Um, so I, I just wasn't a fan. I like to I like to feel the baby move and usually it's much sooner um, because at this point I'm really good at t- like detecting baby movements because I've felt them many times before. But so week five, 19, finally, finally, finally was feeling some little movements where I was like, okay, baby, I see you in there. You must be okay. Um, I wrote down no rib pain, so it was gone. So that was really nice. Um, because it's super uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable during the day, like when you're up and moving around. It's uncomfortable when you're sitting. It's uncomfortable when you're sleeping. All I constantly want to do is like bend over and stretch to like try and open up my right side, but like nothing gives me relief. It's just, it's just constant. Um, so I was really, really happy that that kind of faded away. Um, I wrote that I stopped Unisom and then (laughs) went back on it. I tried again to go off of it. And I felt kind of sick the next day. Um, I can't I can't remember if I have said this on a podcast episode before. Um, but I know that I've said I kind of feel like this was my sickest pregnancy. But I also was just like, I don't know if I just am like kind of forgetting how sick I was in the other ones. Or I was just busier and there was like, you know, less time or ability to like take it easy. I don't know. I was like, I wasn't sure, but I can say, and apologies if I've already said this, but I don't think I have. I can say, or I can confirm that this is definitely my sickest pregnancy because I, the latest I've ever gone feeling sick was week, like by, uh, with Hayden's pregnancy by week 19 was my turning point. That's when I was like, okay. Or maybe that was Hadley's pregnancy. 
I think I think it was Hadley's. Hayden's was 17. Hadley's was 19. I feel like Bo's was like 17 or 18. And here I am in week 19 still experiencing nausea. Is it bad nausea? No, but it's there. And at this point, I, I just, I'm, I'm like, I'm done. I don't want to feel any of this. So I'm just going to keep taking the Unisom. So I went back on it. Um, <clears throat> so this is the first pregnancy I've ever experienced any kind of nausea at this point. So confirmed sickest pregnancy. <laughs> um, I also wrote that I have pelvic sore, pe- pelvic soreness and pubic symphysis pain. So pelvic soreness is probably more my, um, or maybe, yeah, I guess like pelvic floor soreness is really what I mean. Um, and that's, it's normal to have like that feeling of like heaviness, um, in your pelvic floor. Cause there's obviously just a lot of pressure coming down. Um, that becomes even more apparent as you get further and further into the pregnancy, especially in the third trimester. But I have, um, as you guys know, my lovely varicose veins that go up into my pelvic floor and those can feel really achy and sore, unfortunately. Um, so that's kind of, that was really starting to kick in. And I also wrote pubic symphysis pain. So what that is, um, you basically have this joint in the like front of your pelvis, um, called your pubic symphysis joint. And when you're pregnant, there is, you know, again, a lot of pressure happening. Um, there's like loosening of joints and ligaments happening and where that joint meets right in the middle, you basically can get what's called like shearing. Like it kind of goes, it like wiggles back and forth and it causes shearing and that can cause pain. Um, I know this because with every pregnancy, um, and I did finally start it with this pregnancy, um, I take this prenatal yoga class with this incredible women's health PT who specializes in the pelvic floor. And I've learned so much from her. And this is like a common topic. Like we probably talk about this every single class because someone is like raising their hand, like I'm experiencing pain right here. And she's like, Oh, that would be, she's like, some people call it crotchitis, but it's technically pubic symphysis pain. Um, and things that you can do, um, according to Anne, this lovely PT, uh, what she always recommends if you're experiencing this is, the biggest thing is like inward squeezing. So in class, we use like a yoga ball and we put it like literally like right up all the way up, um, in between our legs and we just like squeeze in. Um, we do like basically like pulses in, or we'll do certain exercises where she has a squeeze in and then like, you know, squat up and down or something like that. Um, so it's a lot of like squeezing in to, to try and I don't know exactly what that's doing, but that is what is supposed to help. Another thing is trying not to do like one legged anything. So for example, like when you're going to get out of the car, try and move both legs at the same time to try and basically not put any, like not like strain that joint. Um, Because if you're lifting like one leg up by itself and then another leg up by itself, that's when it can hurt. I know that's when it hurts me. Um, So that's like one example. So like trying not, trying to keep your legs, um, like on one plane together, that can really help. Um, so, but, so I've experienced this. I can't remember if I experienced it with my, with my first or not, but I know that this has been a thing for me. Um, so I'm like not surprised that it's, it's starting up. Um, 
so so yeah this, that's just something that I typically deal with and then eventually it goes away after the baby's born um it's just one of those things that once there's not all that pressure and all of that weight that you're carrying um it just kind of eases away on its own at least it has for me um and then I also wrote veins are crazy which is again not surprising they really are crazy this is definitely the worst they've ever been I'm like a little worried <laughs> for myself. <laughs> like, are these going to go back to normal? Um, I honestly just try not to look at them in the mirror because it's frightening. Uh, but yeah, veins are crazy. So there we go. Week 18, week 19. Um, that's everything that was going on with me, my body, this pregnancy. Um, as far as life stuff goes, I didn't, I didn't write anything down. Um, we're kind of in a lull as far as like what's going on. Um, with the house and let's see I'm trying to read my list here um like we're not in full-blown packing mode yet but we're like we're getting there and um we haven't hit the chaos yet let's just put it that way but um starting to pack slowly but not in that crunch time it's always weird when you move and again we've moved four times now um in like eight years so it's always like this weird thing where, you know, you put your house up on the market and you sell it and then, you know, you don't close for like here where we live, a, a typical closing is 30 days. So you have 30 days. So you don't want to like pack up all your stuff right on like day one of that waiting period because then all your stuff is packed up. Um, but then you also don't want to wait until like the last minute because then you are like f in a panic trying to pack everything. So it's like this weird time of life where you're like, okay, what can we pack up? What will we not necessarily need? And it's just, it's just a weird, it's just a weird process. It's like a weird limbo to live in. Um, and in these weeks in particular, you know, it, we were, we were kind of in that limbo of like, we, we don't really need to like be like packing, packing yet, but like maybe we can pack like decor and art and extra things that we're not going to be using. Um, and then you realize what you really need. That's what I love about moving. Everything about moving is difficult, but I love <laughs> because moving forces you to really consider like, or to, to really realize there's certain things that you're like, oh yeah, we need that. We use that. And then you put it in a box for like six weeks and you realize you haven't even really thought about it. And you're like, oh, I guess I didn't need that. So it's a great way to declutter. It's probably, I mean, it's pretty intense process. It's probably easier just to declutter, but I feel like you almost don't realize how little you need until half of it's packed away. Um, anyway, so that's it for week 18 and 19. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to all of my fellow pregnant moms out there. I am sending you my love, <laughs> sending you my strength. <laughs> it is, it's just, it's not the easiest thing to go through, but man, is it always, always, always worth it in the end. And I can tell you as someone who is, Ha has children every time they're born I look at them and I say I would do it all over again like literally without even hesitation and then while I'm in it while I'm pregnant I'm like oh I don't want to do this again and then <laughs> and then there I go so it's always it is always always worth it no matter how difficult it might be and the challenges that might come up it's always worth it um okay well thank you guys for listening um I will catch you next week where we will chat about kind of the 
entering of the second phase of pregnancy, the second half, which is super exciting. We've got anatomy scan. We've got the big move we're preparing for. Just a lot going on. A trip that we ended up going on literally days before we moved, which was insane. So I'll fill you guys in on all of that, um, and I look forward to it. But that is all I have for this episode, and I will see you guys in the next one. Bye.